Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you are tuning in. My name is Jonathan Torres Herrera, and you are watching or listening to the JTH show. Today, let's discuss uh, the fact that it appears that Parler might be pushing out Twitter, plant-based McDonald's, and researchers link COVID to mental illness. Interesting. But first, roll the intro. All right, uh, and for those of you guys watching on YouTube, uh, as a general reminder, remember you can watch uh, this episode and any other episode we've ever uploaded on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public. For those of you guys already listening on there, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And you know what else I would appreciate is if you take two seconds to just hit that like button, I would really, really, really appreciate you. Um, all right, and with that, let's jump into the first story. And that is uh, an article that I found on Forbes. And it was it was interesting because of the headline, of course. And that is one in five COVID patients uh, diagnosed with a mental illness within the first three months of testing positive study finds. Now that when you just read the article right away, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on, hold on, right? Jesus Christ. I mean, on top of everything else that, that COVID is already doing to the world, um, you know, in fact, we also know of, of some of the side effects of, you know, getting COVID and then recovering from it, like uh, possible scar tissue that is left on the on the lungs and stuff like that. Now we have to worry about it somehow messing, you know, with your insides in a way that you can potentially uh, fall a victim to some kind of a mental illness. Yes, that uh, appears to be the case. Now, I'll read a little bit of the article to give you guys a bit more context. Uh, and that is. Uh, saying, in another worrying set of findings for the long-term impact of COVID-19, a new peer-reviewed study has confirmed reported links between psychiatric illness and COVID-19, with nearly one in five COVID-19 patients developing a mental illness within three months of the testing positive for the virus, and those with pre-existing mental conditions being 65% more likely to be diagnosed with COVID-19 even accounting for other risk factors. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of points that to put on there for you, which I will either uh, for you guys to, to read um, in the description you know, on YouTube. But you know, I, I, gotta, I gotta say this, right? I immediately did uh, my general steps of, of trying to research this and saying, okay, hold on, who else is reporting this? What other research? And, and to be fair, I didn't find anything recent, but I did find uh, some of the clips that you guys saw at the beginning of this video where, you know, some some doctors are saying, hey, listen, there there might be uh, a sort of byproduct effect of being under this whole lockdown and, and being secluded and I or isolated, you know, and, and not being able to see loved ones that might provoke some episodes. Right. Uh, for either people that are already experiencing or, or know or, and they're aware that they have some kind of, of, of mental disorder or, or, or illness rather, um, or just people developing it, period, right? Including things like uh, depression, heart depression, right? It's, it's, a real, it's a real thing, right? Um, and it's, you know, and some experts debate it whether it's, it's just you know, chemically something that happens in your, in, your, in your body and it's and it's all due to, you know, something you were born with or you, you actually develop it you know, due to something, you know, traumatic, right? I would argue, honestly, that maybe both. In this case, COVID 
uh, or at least uh, again, going back to what the experts say, you know, the byproduct of, of, of COVID and the pandemic is the fact that, you know, we, we can feel lonely. We can feel out of our, of our, out of our normal routine. And, and a lot of us, you know, you know, it's just, it's what makes us feel human. You know, we are creatures of habit and, you know, going through the motions of what we're used to is kind of what keeps us sane. In fact, you know, sure. Are those, those people that they were already kind of kermits and or hermits, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, they're kind of like, you know, already in their shell and they, they never really left. So they're like, Hey, I'm happy, you know, where I'm at. I really don't even what, what pandemic in fact. Yeah, sure. There's going to be people that, that feel that way, but I don't think that's the vast majority of people right now. I'm, I'm really hoping here that it's, you know, not, uh, a situation where COVID, you know, after is in your body, it actually messes with, with your mind in a way where it provokes some kind of reaction, you know, inside your, your body that, you know, throws off your hormones to the point where you do end up with, with some, you know, mental illness. I really just hope that is, is just something that we're experiencing again, like is believed because of, of being isolated and stuff like that, because otherwise Jesus COVID is already scary as it is, right? We don't really need one more thing, but I figured I brought that, uh, that piece of information over to you. And with that, let's move on to the next story. And that is uh, major fast food chains are doing big menu changes. Yeah, including McDonald's. So uh, there was a couple articles that I came across, one on International Business Times and then another on the BBC. So we'll first uh, start with the uh, Business Times. Um, their headline, again, reads five fast food restaurants offering vegan meat from Pizza Hut to McDonald's. Yep, you're hearing that correctly. So according to the article, you know, they, it's very extensive. They have a lot of details, but... Essentially, they're saying Pizza Hut, White Castle, McDonald's, Burger King, and Carl's Jr., I guess, are jumping into this mix, which is now it feels like it's a race to see who can be the healthiest in a way or the healthier option for those people that normally don't visit those establishments. Now, here's here's something that immediately came to mind, right? Especially after uh, my researcher slash writer, you know, we're, we're discussing the article you know, I told him, you know, when he asked me, hey, what's your initial, you know, reaction to this? I'm like, uh, listen, these these establishments, OK, they're not known to, you know, for being nonprofits, you know, like a church or something um, or, or they're doing it for the good of the people. Let's be honest. These these places are corporations. Let's not, you know, mix up things here. They are for their margins, you know, and for that matter, their financial margins, not necessarily if you're happy. You know, they're not necessarily they're worried that if you're, you know, oh, look at the margins on on so so or communities not being happy with our restaurants. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Publicly, that that's might be what they say. Right. They might say, oh, yeah, we always use our metrics to see how happy people are. Sure. You know, no, their their main metric, their main margin is seeing where they're at with their financials. Right? Now, with that said, you know, I will say that, you know, what I see here, you know, going back to what I was telling uh, my guy is this is just a way for them to, to try to like grab and reach out for a, you know, a group of people that normally are not their biggest fans. Right. Again, if we're, we're going to keep on track of being honest here, um, these establishments, right. Normally serve, uh, communities where people are sometimes paying for their, for their food with, with, government assistance, like EBT cards and stuff like that. 
a lot of the times, you know, they're, they're serving communities where there is a large homeless population, right? Where, you know, if you have your, your average homeless that makes a, a few bucks a, a, a day, um, what are they doing? They're usually going and eating at, at some of these locations, right? So I don't know that, you know, they're necessarily going for the image of being the, the healthier option. You know, again, maybe through their marketing and press releases. Sure, that's what they're that's what they're saying. But in fact, I think that one, ultimately what can happen here is that they're gonna alienate their best customers. And their best customers, I mean no disrespect, are not the, the people that are most concerned with their health. Right. And and again, I insist, I don't think that these establishments are worried about making sure that their best customers are now healthy. I just don't buy it. I'm sorry I don't. Uh, are they going maybe with, uh, you know, uh, the the current trends and, and stuff like that of offering, like in this case, literally, as the BBC put it, um, a plant-based burger, you know, just to just, just to say that they have one, you know, it's, it's kind of what I what I think, right? Um, it's, just, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like it's in, disingenuous, right? Um, some of these places already have, you know, quote unquote, healthier options. Although arguably some people would say, yeah, it's not necessarily as healthy as they, as they say it is, right? Some of these uh, salads offered by these places are actually more unhealthier than actually just getting the damn burger itself, right? But they are there again for those, for those, uh, patrons that walk in and they don't want a burger. They want a salad. Okay. They're there. So their healthy options are there, Right. But I almost feel like these these uh, these establishments, the, these corporations, they, they insist on trying to be as uh, in touch with communities and woke or whatever, whatever it is that they're trying to connect to. Right. To, again, grab more of the market. And as a business owner, I'm like, well, that's that's smart. JT, what are you complaining about? And uh, as a person, as a just everyday Joe, I'm like, what a load of, you know, crap, you know. Because uh, let's be honest, you really picture that uh, any of these uh, healthier, extremely healthy options, uh, plant-based options are going to be inexpensive like it is now to go, you know, an example, if you go and get a, a burger at McDonald's or Burger King for a like buck, buck 50. No. In fact, uh, we found that uh, the Impossible Whopper, and for those of you guys that are like, what the hell is an Impossible Whopper? Well, uh, it's, it's something like anything that is essentially uh, made, um, with the non-traditional ingredients, right? That you have an example like the Whopper, but you make it with just a plant-based or something. Again, uh, the healthy choices, options, ingredients, whatever it's called impossible, right? Which then by the way, leads me down another rabbit hole. And I'm thinking impossible pizza. Hmm? Interesting because well, yeah, while you can have maybe the dough be animal free and stuff like that, you know, and, and really healthy, uh, hmm, I, you know, there's, there's a couple more ingredients on the pizza that are going to be hard to make, um, uh, uh, impossible, you know, as they say, extremely healthy. And that is uh, pretty much every other ingredient in the pizza. So eh, whatever, right. That just, you know, makes you wonder, you know, what is, are we really going to eat the plant-based or are we going to be eating, you know, worse, but okay. Going back to the impossible Whopper, uh, normally it retails for about $5 and 50 cents. Which, you know, it's not, I guess, too crazy when you see it on, on itself. Of course, that doesn't include taxes and everything else you might get, whether it be soda, iced tea, or whatever. And in whatever side you're going to get, right? So you're looking at probably an $8 or $9 meal 
which uh, we found that it's actually about a dollar forty more expensive. Now you're like, sorry, dude, dollar forty is not that bad for a healthier choice. And that is if you only think about yourself. But if you're thinking of who else visits these uh, establishments, uh, I think immediately of of people like me, not just literally me, but people like me who have kids, who have families. And while we are not regular, uh, you know, uh, patrons of of you know any of these establishments. Um, in the sense that we eat there daily or something, we, we eat there often enough where I'm like a buck 40, even if we go there maybe once or twice a month times, you know, it's me and my, my family of five or family of, you know, five with me, whatever. But you know, I'm like, okay, whatever. Make them happen. Okay. So I'm thinking we're going to spend another, what, 20 ish dollars taxes and all that applied. Okay. Um, just to, to eat healthier. Again, I want to argue semantics here. Some people will be like, dude, what's Come on, no brainer, just do it. Some people will be like, are you serious? And, and and how healthy again are these options, right? So there's there's definitely a lot to to really I don't know, think about when when these, you know, franchises uh, or whatever are going out there and saying, "Come here, give us our money. We are the healthier choice." Um, you know, of course, the US is one of the leading countries when it comes to the whole vegan movement. Um, and it looks like, you know, while this will be their, their concentration or the market where they concentrate rather their, this, this whole thing, they are eventually going to be moving over to Europe, right. And seeing how, how it takes there. Now, I always wonder, I wonder how it's going to take in places where I know people don't normally eat the healthiest, like, like Mexico, because we don't, I mean, I don't go to Mexico and thinking, you know what I want? I really want one of them bigger burgers. No, I don't. You know what I go to Mexico for? I'm like, I really want tacos. That's what I really go for, right? But anyways, it'll be really interesting, right? To see to see where this goes. Uh, a couple more bullets here that we gathered. Uh, you know, the, the U.S. has seen an average of about a 600 increase um, over the last few years when it comes to the whole healthy vegan movement, right? Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how popular this remains. And with that, let's move on to our last topic. And that is... Will Parler be the new Twitter? Yeah. Okay. So let's start with uh, the uh, small clip that I have for you guys out of a Fox business interview that uh, one of their anchors did with John Mates, which is the uh, CEO and founder of Parler. Nods roll it. All right. Making a buzz this morning. Apple's number one app store download is Parler. Joining us right now is the founder of Parlor, John Mates. John, thank you so much for being here. Congratulations on being the number one downloadable app on the Apple Store. Thank you. Yeah, this is uh, this is amazing. We're we're seeing forty uh, x. We're Go seeing forty x on our sessions. We're seeing uh, massive amounts of user or activity on the app. Um, you know, it's really kind of exploding. And I think people are really just fed up with what's going on on Twitter and, and Facebook and these other places that are really cracking down and trying to just interfere, I guess, with what people are trying to talk about during this time. 
Uh, what we're seeing is just people are really trying to go somewhere where they have trust in the platform. I feel that they don't have trust anymore in these other places. And so what they're saying is, you know, look at we know we can speak freely. We know you guys believe in what you know our right to free speech and our our rights to you know basically say what we need to say. And and that's really why there's this boots on the ground movement to to transition to a new place for them to communicate with one another. Okay, so uh, very interesting uh, short interview that you can catch on, again, on, on Fox News if you want to catch the whole thing there. Uh, but essentially, a key takeaway there is, you know, something that, that John said, which is people are fed up with Twitter. You know, they want free speech on social media platforms, and it's very true. Now, some of you guys, uh, if you guys are new here, you can catch this video, and some of you guys that saw it, the video where I cover, you know, the, the whole uh, Senate meeting that they had recently, with the, the tech CEOs, right? And there was a lot of conversation around uh, censoring, right? Specifically with Twitter. Now, some of you guys might have or might have not seen the Ted Cruz grilling of, um, of uh, the Twitter CEO. Let's watch that real quick. Who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a democratic super PAC silencing views to the contrary of your political beliefs. Let, let's give well, we're, we're not doing that. Uh, and this is why I opened um, this hearing with calls for more transparency. We realize we need to earn trust more. We realize that more accountability is needed to show our intentions and to show the outcomes. Thank you, um, Senator. So I, I hear the concerns and acknowledge them, but we want to we fix it with more transparency. Now there we have a, a Jack, right, who... Uh, yeah, very, very calmly and everything. He responded to to uh, Tech Cruz, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I know I'm being grilled here, but you know, it's not necessarily like that. You know, um, you know, we're not necessarily trying to grill, even after he's being told, you know, who the hell elected you? You know, which is a thing that I th it's gaining a lot of uh, traction, right? It's it's becoming more and more popular with many groups. No, and it's not just conservatives. For those of you guys watching this and maybe telling me, oh, it's because you're talking about conservatives that want to spill and spread misinformation. No, 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 hold on. There, there has been many instances of people, you know, that don't really claim either a political party um, or, or any, any hardcore beliefs. And they just feel like, hey, my video was taken down. I see it all the time and I see it on different platforms, right? Um, hey, I, I don't even know why this video was taken down or this picture was taken down. I've, I've seen different people, uh, both that I know and that I don't um, on Instagram, on Facebook, which I know it's owned by the same company, but still, um, you know, yeah, Twitter, TikTok saying, hey, not sure why this is taken down, but here it is again. And, uh, you know, the question is why, right? What, what is going on behind the scenes? Now, in that video that I, that I mentioned to you guys, I share with her, you know, it's maybe directly the CEO impacting these changes and saying, hey, take that down, censor this person, block, blah, blah, blah. Or if we're going to be uh, more honest and realistic, it's really just the people designing, help design some of these systems, right? That are, you know, biased to some some viewpoints. And they're like, nah, I don't like this person. Eh, censor this person. Eh, block that person. Oh, oh my God. Do we do that? Now you say, JT, now you're entering the realm of conspiracies. Well, hold on. Easy there. Because there's been many instances. In fact, if you go back yourself and watch that Senate committee meeting, um, you know, Jack himself says, yeah, you know, we kind of took down the, 
uh, one of the the New York Post, um, you know, articles or whatever was, oops, uh, yeah, but we, we we change our policy. So that definitely tells you that you know these companies are not ran by these uh, flawless individuals that again don't have any biases. Of course, they have their biases, right? And, and sometimes they are forced to come out and admit, like, "Oops, yep, we we kind of messed up there, right?" YouTube not long ago um, had something where a big creator of theirs um, kind of pointed out that another creator was was flagged for having a, allegedly uh, violated some of the terms of service, and he's like, "Hey, I, I showcase the same video." I, I, I hate that I remember their names, but the point is that later on. YouTube is like at the beginning, it's like, oh yeah, sorry we didn't catch that. Boom, you've been flagged too. And then later there was like a big uproar. And then they're like, oh no, 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 never mind. Um, yeah, we shouldn't have done that, right? Um, it was just very interesting, right? And why is this why is this happening? Again, I I, I just cannot shake the idea that it's because they're being ran by trusted individuals within these companies, maybe, you know, high ranking officials, uh, maybe director plus individuals that are, you know, sitting there saying, I, I have this power. And wh what have I said before, right? Even of the new uh, soon to be president, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. So when you have these individuals feeling they have absolute power over the who they can censor and who they don't have to censor and, and all that stuff, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know that I cannot sit there and be like, hmm, I wonder if it's just because you've censored that person because you just don't like them or if it's because it's popular not to like them, right? So currently, uh, Parler, uh, allegedly, right, according to this also very interesting uh, article, and I'll just read the headline out of abc13.com. <laughs> they say, Parler, new social media platform with no fact-checking rises in popularity. Now, if you know what that is for, that's because allegedly Parler, uh, you know, they're much more easier on the whole fact checking and stuff like that. They have community guidelines. They definitely do. If you go check it out for yourself. But, you know, according to to ABC 13, no fact checking. Um, they are also rising immensely in popularity. Like I said earlier, they uh, they are at a point where as they're recording this video, right, they reach number one in the Apple store and in the Google store. So what is that telling you? That is telling you that, you know, many people, it doesn't take one or two to rise to the number one of Google or Apple store, right? It takes, uh, it takes quite a bit of people downloading your application. Um, it, they're tired, right? They're tired of, of feeling like I'm going to post something and this may or may not get flagged and taken down or just the communities that have unfortunately been built and almost empowered won't just like, oh, flag me, flag me, flag me. I don't, I don't like you. Flag me, flag me. In fact, uh, before I close out the show, I'm going to share something real quickly with you guys. Um, recently, uh, I lost my Instagram account. S some of you guys follow me there already. You can verify this verify this yourself, unless by the time you're watching this, somehow it has been, it has been magically restored. Um, all I did is uh, rename my account from Jonathan Torres Herrera, right, on my Instagram account to just the JTH show, right, to keep in loop with everything else that I renamed my Twitter and everything. Uh, well, it was taken down. It was it's gone. I I can no longer get into it. In fact, many people that follow me they're like, dude, where did you go? Some people are like, dude, is it because you posted some of your clips that you're always posting on your reels and stuff like that? And what did you do? I don't know. I have no, honestly, I have no idea. I know that before I lost uh, Instagram, um, I was getting played with in the sense of 
Getting Reels ability and then losing Reels ability. Getting Reels ability, losing Reels ability. You know, and that it is opposed to Reels, by the way, if you know what I'm talking about, which is like the TikTok equivalent on, on Instagram. That was kind of weird. And then all of a sudden, boom, the, the application was gone completely. No email, no nothing. Now, of course, a lot of these platforms run with the idea, right? Like you, maybe you've heard of the case of Dr. Disrespect and Twitch, where they don't have to tell you why. Because there are gods of their own application and they don't need to tell you jack. They don't want you, they don't want you, they'll leave you there. They don't want you, you're gone. Which again backs up what I'm saying here with Parler and what they're saying that they're they're gonna really, really try not to do, right? Now, to be fair, Parler is brand new. Um, they were established this year, uh, according to a quick Google search that I did. Uh, it already has 2.8 million users. Among those users are some controversial figures to some, like Sean Hannity, Steven Crowder, Jordan Peterson, and Newt Gingrich. Now, they're controversial because most of the people that I just mentioned lean right, right? They're more on the conservative uh, side of politics. So many people are like, oh, that's why Parler is going to be, you know, uh, I don't know, a poisonous place or, or, or a place where, you know, unless you're a conservative, you're going to be, I don't know, squashed or, or ridiculed or whatever, which I would then say, I don't know. I don't know, because uh, it, it almost feels the same way with platforms that are still out there and that have been out there for many years. Uh, platforms that are forums, right? Uh, like Reddit and 4chan. Now, these places um, have been up again for many, many years, but, you know, they pretty much allow all types of different discussions, right? And uh, often they're not really fact-checked. Forums are closed, but they're not really fact-checked. Right. And again, they're very popular and they're still up. The thing here is that uh, unlike Facebook uh, and Twitter and Instagram forum and, and Reddit are, are more, uh, you know, long, long form uh, use. Right. You're sitting there, you're reading through comments and it's a conversation um, again in a more forum structure versus like a tweet where you just first of all, so many characters. Right. So many types of attachments, you're, they're sent out, they're out to the world. Right. Or, or even on Facebook. Right. Um, and, you know, some are just easier to maneuver on on your mobile because they're mobile first versus, uh, again, Reddit 4chan is something that you sit down and you follow discussion and you contribute. You add another reply uh, sort of thing. Um, Parler is, the I would say, one of the applications that's like, hey, uh, we're going to take uh, some of the aspects, you know, of both worlds right? Not really going to right off the bat, uh, suppress the, the voice of those people that feel that they're oppressed. And at the same time, we're not gonna, we're not gonna just be another Reddit or 4chan and be a forum, uh, kind of structure. We're going to be more of a Twitter structure. It's very interesting, right? I'm certainly on there. I'll tell you that right now already. I want to see, you know, kind of what happens. I, I, I try, uh, to jump on every, on every social media platform it's interesting you know to see kind of like how it behaves how i accept it myself how i adapt to it it's definitely very interesting uh, but that's it for today hope uh hope you guys enjoy the show and uh, until next time see ya hey thanks for watching the jth show remember you can catch all the episodes full episodes on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or radio public you can also visit www thejthshell.com to catch episodes there and to catch anything that we had to blur out because of YouTube. 
um, or any other platform, we usually put all of our raw uh, information in there that is uncensored. Um, you can also become a member at www.thejthshow.com to catch all the special perks. Thanks for watching.